and welcome to the movie's Past and Present Podcast. It's September 21st, 2020, and this is episode 53. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's do this thing. New in theaters this week is, well, uh, not much. <laughs> uh, you know, Tenet is is still, I think, the biggest movie playing. And, you know, if you're following any of the box office receipts, it's just not doing great in the U.S. And I just think, really, of course, part of that is people in the U.S. are just not going to movies. And... Uh, you know, they're, 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 they're staying at home and watching stuff on, on TV and, uh, I guess spreading COVID at other events, <laughs> but not at the movie theater. So, uh, there's a, there's still quite a few comeback classics that are going on at the movie theaters that, that if you're, if you're wanting to, 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 uh, go, go sit in a the theater, it's, it's not a bad time to do it, uh. If, and as well as if you're interested in in seeing, uh, you know, classic films on the big screen, which is something that I uh, absolutely love. Um, you know, my experience has been, at, at least in the movie theaters in Salt Lake City, there have been like under under ten people overall in the theater, uh, for, for particularly for these comeback classics. When I saw Ten, there were there were a few more people. Um, of course, but but otherwise, it's, it's slim pickings, and sometimes it's even a private screening. So, uh, for what it's worth, uh, this Friday on September twenty fifth, uh, Lucasfilm is is releasing again The Empire Strikes Back on the big screen. You know, my my favorite Star Wars film, and I saw it during the summer, and I'm excited to go again. Uh, because I can, you know, I'm just I'm grateful that, it, it, you know, again, one of my favorite movies is on the big screen and that, and also they're willing to put it out in theaters uh, again. Also, maybe of interest to you, uh, the classic 80s film, The Breakfast Club, is is celebrating its 35th anniversary. And it's having a special thing through Fathom Events and through Universal Pictures. Uh, there's a screening tonight on, on September 21st, as well as on September 24th. So check the Fathom Events website at fathomevents.com. I'll have links to that in the podcast notes on my blog. And, uh, or, and check your local listings too, to see if there's, if they're showing the breakfast club. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. It's, 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 it's a personal favorite. And so, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that. You know, and other other classics are, are are still playing, and these are really modern day classics. There's The Dark Knight, Jurassic Park, Beetlejuice. Also, uh, at least in, in local theaters here in in, in my market this week. Uh, also, uh, the the Turner Classic Movies Big Screen Classics series is is. Uh, they they're back on the calendar. They you know they of course at the beginning of 2020 had put out a a, a list of, of movies that were going to be playing basically once a month or maybe they, they were going to have uh, some months with with two different films. But this is a really this is a great way again to see 
truly classic films on, on the big screen. And, and so, uh, I'll have a link to their, to their website, but you can check out the calendar for the rest of 2020. Next up for, with the TCM big screen classics is the great Steven Spielberg close encounters of the third kind. And that's going to be playing on September 27th, September 29th, and on October 1st. So, uh, you can check your check, check the website again for these TCM big screen classics that have been rescheduled. I'm not sure that every single film that they had originally on the calendar is going to be back in theaters, but it looked to me that that uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho was going to be playing, uh, the Blues Brothers, uh, Babe, you know the movie with the with the cute little talking pig. <laughs> so anyway, uh, again, if you're if you're wanting to to to, to uh, go to movie theaters, and I got to tell you too. The movie theaters in our market, particularly Cinemark and Megaplex theaters, they've been incredibly clean, and I feel like they've been very responsibly run. So, I hope that I hope that the theaters in your market are are, are following suit, and that that you can have a, a safe experience if you choose to go see uh, some of these films on the big screen. week i'd like to talk about the uh, live action remake of disney's mulan that is now currently available uh for premium <laughs> access on on the disney plus streaming service you 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 may have been following the story but you know mulan this is is the latest in these in these live action slash computer genetic imagery remakes that the Walt Disney Studios is doing of their animated classics. And I really hate them. <laughs> I really hate this practice. Uh, I wish they wouldn't make them in the first place. I mean, if I want to watch one of these movies, I'll watch the animated original. That's just me. You know, if I'm going to, if I want to watch Beauty and the Beast, I'm for sure going to watch the 1991 animated version and not that horrible one. At least I thought it was horrible from a couple years ago. Um, you know, not. I think that the challenge with these live action movies for me is that they're all typically really quite well made, and they they throw a lot of money at them, and they bring in big name directors and 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 big name actors. Maybe not necessarily perfectly cast for the roles, but still, they're not making them on the cheap. I'm just so frustrated that they make them in the first place because I really feel like it diminishes. Uh, their own product, you know, um, and 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 I and I and I just have such regard, high regard for the originals, uh, and again, not to mention the filmmakers who made them. So it's a frust it's a frustrating thing. Uh, Mulan, however, it looked promising. It it was supposed to come out March thirtieth of this year. In fact, as I recall, it had its big Hollywood premiere. Maybe around March 10th or 11th, maybe even the 12th. And then, you know, uh, mid-March, the world shut down. And so uh, so did the release of Mulan in theaters. And Disney kept moving it. Uh, I think it got moved at least two times officially. Uh, and I could be wrong about that, so sorry. But, but, it, but it, it was getting moved, 
you know, in the anticipation the movie theaters were going to be reopening. And and finally, uh, Disney decided to put it out on, on their Disney Plus service in the U.S., and with and and charge a premium price. They're charging twenty nine ninety five, and uh, you know I've talked about this in the, in, in a previous podcast before, and you're probably familiar with this with this too. But uh, if you're a Disney Plus subscriber, you can you can uh, pay this thirty bucks, and you get to watch Mulan now, and then it's it'll be just in your in your library available to you as long as you have a Disney Plus uh, account. The uh, the the uh, thing about it too is probably I read maybe December January M- Mulan will then just be part of the regular service too so basically you're just you're you're paying to to quote unquote watch it early uh you know it's it's uh, it's an interesting business business model that they're trying we'll see how we'll see how it works out for them uh. But I got to tell you, I think that they did make the right decision because, uh, as I you know I mentioned previously, I just haven't seen people at the movie theater, and so I think they're getting a lot more eyeballs on the product and and, and probably making as you know a decent amount of money, maybe not as much money as they would have had they been able to open it up, you know, back in March without without um, the pandemic happening. Uh, still, so that's going on. So here's here we've got Mulan. So the uh, you know the animated film from 1998 that Disney made, uh, I, I it's terrific. I think it, you know it's a musical, uh, terrific animation, interesting story, some fun comic relief with you know with Eddie Murphy <laughs> playing the talking dragon Mushu. Uh, you know, it's 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 really it's a fun movie, and I think and I think that overall it's it's quite a beloved movie within within uh, this period of of, of Disney uh, animation. Uh, it, you know, it's based on a on a Chinese uh, legend, and uh, you know about a, a young woman who. Uh, disguises herself as a man to save her father from having to go fight in a war, and so the uh, uh, the story and and so the, the the main story in this live action remake, you know, it remains the same. That Mulan is uh, Mulan is making the sacrifice for her for her family, but they decided to do something quite quite different with this live action film. It's directed by uh, a New Zealand director named Nikki Caro. And and she and her creative team just you know they they didn't just do thankfully a shot for shot remake. That's another one of the complaints I have about some of these live action movies, particularly last summer's remake of The Lion King. It really was a shot for shot remake, basically, of of the animated film. And like, why bother? You know, like if I want to watch The Lion King. Watch the Lion King, uh, for, you know from from 1994. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. So so um, it's it's a uh, it's really kind of a cool this this version of Mulan. Uh, you know they change up a few things. It's not a musical. Uh, really focused on 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 action. There's there's a lot of fighting scenes, and they do 
they do some of these fight scenes in a in a way that's reminiscent of some of these some of these uh, uh, Asian films like uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or Hero, uh, where they there's a there's a real fanciful element to it, and, and some of these fighters, you know, they can they can run up walls and almost fly around. Um, Mulan, this character, and this so the character in this film, and this I guess is a bit of a spoiler alert, but I'll try to I'll try to keep it spoiler free. However, if you've seen you know the Disney animated film, you kind of will get the gist. But but in in this particular film, Mulan Mulan's got this really advanced chi. Uh, uh, the chi kind of reminded me of of. Um, the force in star Wars movies, <laughs> but maybe, you know, I just have star Wars on the brain, but, but, uh, Mulan is special, but because she's a woman, she, the way she brings honor to her family in this society is, you know, she marries well. And that's, that's the important thing. But, but, uh, so really it's Mulan just has to, uh, hide her chi to bring honor to her family However, this experience as she is going out into the world and, and again having to disguise herself as a man to to um, uh, you know save her father, she, she has to you know make some decisions about what she's going to do if she's going to stay hidden or be herself. So I overall I got to tell you the the film was was pretty entertaining. Uh, uh, and I'm maybe I, f- I think I, f- I feel like I'm in the minority <laughs> of of uh, of of people who who a- a- actually kind of liked it. I-, I I was happy again that it was something different, and I was really happy with 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 the fight choreography. I thought that that was really entertaining and really really interesting and well done. Probably if I only if I had a, a, a real criticism about it is just that. Mulan's character arc was less interesting in this in this film because, you know, she's 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 a, in a way already a special person because of her chi, uh, and she has to of course make make these decisions about uh, helping her you know protecting her father, but you just see less of a change in her. She kind of she kind of is just like the same throughout. So that's that's a bit of a a bit of a criticism. But otherwise, you know, the production values are high. They got a, a really cool cast. I, you know, at least I I thought uh, that they brought in all all Asian actors. Mulan is played by a newcomer called Yifei Lu, and you know she was fine. And maybe some of this kind of flat character arc was just kind of her. Maybe kind of a flat performance, but I, I mean, I thought she was, I thought she was fine. Uh, Donnie Yen is in it. He plays, he plays the commander of the battalion that Mulan is a member of, and uh, he's, you know, he's he's great. He was, how cool to have him in the movie. Uh, Gong Li plays this witch. You might have seen this witch who transforms into a bird. Um, she was great. Jet Li is in it. He plays the emperor. Uh, Jason Scott Lee plays the bad dude and uh like the, you know the main bad dude and uh 
anyway, so, uh, overall, I mean, I can't, can't believe I'm even saying it. I quite liked Mulan. Uh, uh, I give it a rating of, a, of, uh, four stars out of five. And, and, uh, you know, I guess you'll have to let me know if, you, if you're forking out the money, if, uh, what you think of it. Honestly, you know, I, I hear it's not, or I've read it's not doing particularly well in China because most theaters are open in China. I don't, are, are open in China. I just don't know how many people are going to the movies. And in other international markets where there's not Disney Plus, it's also, you know, playing in theaters. So uh, I, it'll be interesting to see what what uh, Disney decides to do. I know that there's a, there's a Little Mermaid uh remake that's in the works uh disney's working with of course with alan menken uh the composer of the original the original one uh as well as as broadway great lin-manuel miranda is involved with it so it's got potential but you know i just wish that some of these some of these <laughs> remakes maybe wouldn't do so well and then disney would stop making them because i think you know they just have been able to print money off of them but Anyway, we'll see. So uh, there you have it. My take on Mulan, which is now available on Disney Plus Premiere Access. So just a couple other f uh, films of uh, of note that I that I've recently watched. Um, you know, we all we all saw the sad news about the untimely passing of the actor Chadwick Boseman. Uh, he was he really was a, a tremendous talent. I loved his portrayal of of the baseball player Jackie Robinson in the excellent film Forty Two, and that's highly recommended if you haven't seen that before. And then uh, speaking of Disney Plus, I also just checked out. Uh, Black Panther uh, the other the other night the um, you know and he he plays the title role uh, that film came out in 2018 and you know it's a Marvel Studios film so it's one of these one of these uh, superhero films but it's really as I think that Black Panther is, is is one of the best superhero films that Marvel's put out and it's I think it's really uh, Special and in the best sense of the word, uh, in, in, in many ways, I think you know it, it's directed by, uh, written and directed by by Ryan Coogler, who is you know just, just he's an excellent director, and really brought this uh, wonderful fantasy to life, yet infused it with so much humanity and 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 human drama and beautiful costumes and very imaginative settings and uh you know terrific cast including of course Chadwick uh, Boseman Michael B Jordan is in it playing the bad guy uh Lupita Nyong'o plays the uh, romantic interest uh, Letitia Wright 
uh, is in a Winston Duke, Sterling K. Brown, Angela Bassett, and Forrest Whitaker. Anyway, the list goes on and on. But all, all these really great um, black actors uh, that that uh, really bring this world, this comic book world of 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 the fictional country of Wakanda, uh, just a just a marvelous life on the on the big screen. So if you haven't watched that since it's it's, it's come out, or you're 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 needing a film to uh, to uh, watch as your um, again, staying at home, <laughs> I I would highly recommend uh, Black Panther and and you know an R.I.P. to uh, to Chadwick Boseman. Another interesting film I watched. You know, I've i I'm watching a, a science fiction movie a week. That's that's part of a collection that Turner Classic Movies put together in a book called Must See Sci Fi. I'll put a link. Uh, in the podcast notes on my blog to to uh, th- this 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 list of films, it's a very eclectic list. Many of the films I've already seen, but it's been you know I always like having a movie watching project, and this has been really a fun one and and, and an enlightening one. And a new film, at least it was that was new to me, as part of 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 the fifty films it's recommending. Is a 1984 kind of indie film called The Brother from Another Planet. Now, I never even heard of this film, let alone, you know, I never watched it. Uh, it's directed by John Sayles. And John Sayles has just done a lot of interesting, uh, interesting film over, over uh, his, his career. I'm most familiar with, with this baseball movie he did called Eight Men Out. That that he he both wrote and and directed in the eighties, but this so this film came out. This brother from another planet came out in nineteen eighty four. Uh, it really has the look of uh, of this of this uh, you know again an indie film made with very limited budget, yet still it was just really really a compelling a compelling film. The uh, uh, the the story about it is, is 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 an alien crash lands on Earth. This alien is played by Joe Morton. You, I bet you'd you'd recognize him if you, if you looked him up on on imdb.com, uh, or you know, or or, or or Googled him. He's he's a very prolific actor, but uh, he plays this 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 character that's just referred to as the brother, and. Uh, Joe Morton, he's 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 uh, you know a, a black actor, and so the the brother play the alien that he plays is is uh, uh you know just himself. He's got some funky feet, which is just, you know, part of a plot line. But you know, I'll try to keep this spoil you know, quote unquote spoiler free. Not that there's that much to spoil. But um, the other interesting thing about the brother is that he's he's mute. So he's unable he's unable to to uh, speak, but he's he's uh, uh, he he can he can understand, and so he's also he's 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 a uh, very uh, aware of what of what's of what's going on around him. But it really this movie is just a very interesting. Not only is it kind of a, a silly 
science fiction picture in a lot of ways. But it's a really interesting allegory for, for I think, both the immigrant experience in the United States uh, as well as, as, as the black experience in the United States. And uh, so the, the brother crash lands in, 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 in New York Harbor and he, he climbs up out of the water onto Ellis Island. And again, that's, that's where the kind of the whole <laughs> allegory um, begins. And he able, he's able to get himself uh, into, uh, into he, he ends up in Harlem. And so uh, he, he uh, is trying to make his way in Harlem without speaking. He ends up going into this, into this bar that's full of these colorful characters that, uh, uh, you know, end up basically, you know, being his friends and kind of are looking out for him. But then there's also two intergalactic bounty hunters that are after the brother and they're, they're trying to capture him. And, uh, they, they're played by, uh, the director, uh, himself, John sales. And then, uh, um, David and I always uh, mess up his name. David Strathairn is also <laughs> the other bounty hunter, but uh, their character names are the man, the, the you know the men in black. Uh, even before you know the, <laughs> the Will Smith movie, but they're very different anyway. Uh, the brother from another planet. It was one of those two. After I watched it, or when I actually while I was watching it, just thought, wow, this is just kind of weird, and I'm not sure if much is happening. But then it's also one of those movies that kind of stays with you. And and uh, I was really happy that TCM recommended it in the, in their in their you know musty sci-fi book and that I had it and that I took the chance to watch it. So so I rented it on Apple iTunes. So I think it's available out there if you look for it. But there's this brother from another planet uh, from 1984. Well, that does it for this episode of the Movies Past and Present Podcast. Again, links and more information about the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Links are also on the blog. Also, follow me on Instagram. I'm at moviespap, as in past and present. As always, I hope you will enjoy some good movies this week, whether they be from the past or the present. And until next time, thanks for listening and be safe out there. 